Welcome to episode 61 of Everything Sports with Aman and Evan. I'm your host, Aman Adkarni. And I'm your co-host, Evan Garber. And we talk about the hottest topics in sports that occurred in the past week. And in today's episode, we're going to be recapping a very busy NFL trade deadline and then talking some basketball because the Brooklyn Nets, major moves, a lot of controversy surrounding that team. But before we start... Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms that you see on the screen, YouTube, Twitter, Spotify, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, and TikTok, because with this NFL trade deadline, we uploaded a lot of shorts right when the trades happened, so you guys could hear about our thoughts, and obviously, all of our full thoughts will be covered in this episode, and we have created a new Discord server as a new way to talk to you guys about sports. Like, you can talk to us live in Discord. You could submit your hot takes or questions you would like to see and topics you would like to see in our episodes. And that's another way you guys could be featured in the podcast, more connected to the podcast. And now you literally won't miss any content from this podcast. So, The Discord link will be in the description below, and there is going to be a Shorts on TikTok and YouTube about the Discord. But without further ado, let's get it started with the NFL trade deadline. Evan, what was the biggest move for you? Biggest trade, I think it was Bradley Chubb. Uh, I mean, I think we all saw it coming that he was going to be traded, but to add him to that star-studded defense in Miami, I think that makes him title contenders now. Um, they're definitely one of the best teams, if not the best team on paper. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree because you have that monster offense, and like Tua has been uh, answering all the questions that surrounded him. Because now that he has weapons, like I'm pretty sure both of us said when the Tyreek Hill trade happened that he has no excuse now. He has so many weapons, and you add Bradley Chubb to that Dolphins team, and I agree. I like minus the CMC trade. Like if we're just taking trade deadline day into account, the Bradley Chubb one by far the biggest because the Broncos would have had to pay him. And I understand it was similar to the Von Miller situation, but the only difference is Bradley Chubb is young and he's a really good football player. And they decided to trade him. Like I didn't quite understand that. And I mean, the Panthers kept Brian Burns, another linebacker. I do not know why they even entertained offers for him if they're a rebuilding team. And they talk about franchise pieces that Brian Burns is one of them. So, like, I mean, I guess DJ Moore is one of them. Like, I mean, that they need to change the unsportsmanlike conduct policies because I don't know how else you're supposed to celebrate a touchdown like that. Against the Falcons, I don't know what else you're supposed to do when you catch a Hail Mary touchdown like that, but not trade deadline news but as for the Broncos I mean obviously no one expected their season to be like how it is now and it's really eye-opening because Geno Smith statistically is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this season most improved maybe maybe but we'll see with Geno Smith in Seattle but Russell Wilson man like I don't know if it's the head coach or if it's on him him like he's just seeking so much attention like saying you did high knees on the plane ride like come on bro just 
focus on your game. But the Dolphins have a stacked defense, have a stacked offense, and they did hand the Buffalo Bills their one and only loss this season. So, I mean, it's going to be a very entertaining race in the playoffs. Like, for me, the Eagles, they are 7-0, and but you see the Niners, you see the Vikings now with TJ Hawkinson. Like, these NFC teams are loaded. And the Eagles, I mean, yes, they've been the best team in the NFC and the NFL. I'm not saying they're worse than the Vikings and Niners, but they genuinely need to watch out for them. Because you saw McCaffrey blitz the Rams, scored a passing touchdown to IU, rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown. The man did it all. And so you've got to watch out for the Niners. I mean, the Vikings have so many weapons on that offense now. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. As many times people like to make fun about Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins is still a good quarterback. So the Vikings, they have no excuse not to do well. The Niners have no excuse not to do well. The Eagles certainly have no excuse to do not to do well with the Robert Quinn trade. And, I mean, the NFC is wide open. I feel like it's between the Bills, Chiefs, and Dolphins and the AFC. But, like, this Bradley Chubb trade adds so much to their defense and their chances to do well. Because, like, similar to the Vikings and Niners, like, without looking at their schedule, I think Miami might only get, like, one or two losses the rest of the season. Like, the Vikings may drop a few games. Like, I think the Niners and Dolphins especially, they are only going to lose one or two more games the rest of the season. I wouldn't be surprised. Because when Devo Samuel's on the Niners offense, you simply cannot guard that. You simply cannot guard that. And, I mean, the Dolphins, with the Trey Lance trade, with the first-round picks they got from the Niners, they were allowed to get, essentially, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and Bradley Chubb. So, clearly working out for them. And, obviously, Trey Lance got hurt, so we can't call him a bust or anything like that. Because that's just unfair to say. But, I mean, like, Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars was a sneaky move because, yes, he is suspended for betting for the Falcons to actually beat the Jaguars. So, I honestly think the GM made the move to the Jaguars to just, like, show Calvin Ridley, like, this is what happens, right? And, I mean, there's jokes that he's going to bet for the Jaguars to beat the Falcons, but we'll see how Ridley plays. I mean... We saw, like, I'll even throw in another topic of Chase Claypool going to the Bears. We see Justin Fields getting a weapon in Chase Claypool, Trevor Lawrence getting a weapon in Calvin Ridley. Mac Jones needs a weapon in New England. And so Zach Wilson has Garrett Wilson and a lot of other players. So, like, now the Niners, we know what they have on their offense. So this draft class, these QBs are getting their weapons and they have all been struggling. So it's interesting to see what will happen. But what is a team that you're surprised did not pull off any deals or a certain player that did not get traded? Well, I think the surprise team, obviously, is the Green Bay Packers. 
year in and year out, you see that Aaron Rodgers needs another weapon. He's been requesting one for so long. Every single year, he's always wants a new weapon. And this year, yet again, when you have guys like Brandon Cooks, like Chase Claypool got traded, you have so many guys out there that are on the trade market, but you still don't pull the trigger despite having one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And it's, it's, I mean, his career is not getting uh, any longer. Like He's coming down to the end of his career. But to even even get a weapon for, like, Jordan Love in the future. Like, Brandon Cooks, he's a, he's a younger guy. He's not super old. So you can get him for the now, but also use him for Jordan Love, too. Like, I don't understand what they're trying to do over there. They clearly can contend if they get some more, some weapons for him, but they're not doing that right now. I don't think – it doesn't seem like they want to contend at all, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they are 3-5. and five. They did pull off a trade for this receiver, and I understand their division is – Pretty much the Vikings, I believe, will run away with the division because they are six and one, I believe, or something like that. Seven and one, whatever it is. I just know they have one loss. Not sure the who the loss was against, but I'm pretty sure it's the Packers who beat them, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. Um, I'm not, wait, no, I think, but I I forget, but. I mean, the Vikings do have one loss, and it was reported that they offered a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, just like the Bears and the Steelers just went for the Bears because they felt the second-round pick would be higher. I mean, that's fine, but like, when you have a chance to get a guy like Brandon Cooks, you wanted, you didn't want to trade a middle-round pick. Like to your point, Aaron Rodgers is not going to get any younger. The goal is to maximize the time that you have with him. You, you, if you trade, if you have to trade a second and fifth for Brandon Cooks, you trade a second and a fifth for Brandon Cooks. And now, I mean, it was reported earlier today that Brandon Cooks may work out a way to get released from the Texans because he tweeted his cryptic tweets and everything like that. I mean. It's fair. You can't tell a player to send him out because you're going to be traded and not trade the player. So, I mean, if Brandon Cooks is released, then, I mean, the Packers have to go after Brandon Cooks. Like, if especially if he's released, you go after him. You had Will Fuller before he got suspended on the trade market. You go after Will Fuller, and they didn't do that. So, I don't know what the Packers are waiting for, honestly. Like, Devontae Adams is not there anymore. Yes, he's struggling on the Raiders, but we all know how he'd be performing if he was on Green Bay. We all know how he'd be performing. And Devontae Adams is not coming back. Like, Randall Cobb is old. So, how? what do the Packers need to see for Rodgers to get a weapon? Like, it's so clear. Romeo Dobbs may be a decent receiver. He's not a wide receiver one or two. Alan Lazard's a good receiver. He can be your wide receiver two or three. He's not a wide receiver one. Like, I don't know what the Packers need to see. And, I mean, with the, like, teams are getting better. You can't just keep checking it down to Aaron Jones occasionally passing it. Even Tanyan's a good tight end, so you solved your tight end issue there. So 
a lot of stuff needs to happen in Green Bay. They got a new GM, and it's still, like, not working out. Just get a receiver for Aaron Rodgers. It's so obvious. Like, if you don't sign a receiver, if Cooks is released, and you don't get Cooks, or you don't sign OBJ, then your first-round pick should be on a receiver. If there's a good receiver in the draft, you trade up to get him for Aaron Rodgers. It's as simple as that. But, I mean... Let's go to, like, the Bears. They have a lot of cap space. And if they draft well, they can get pretty good free agents. And Justin Fields, like, weeks one through four, he was statistically the sec- almost the worst quarterback in the league. But then after week four, he's been a top five quarterback statistically in the league. So, I mean, Justin Fields is attractive for free agency who knows but we got Robert Quinn going to the Eagles and then Roquan Smith to the Ravens and what do you think about the Baltimore Ravens because I feel like they're an odd team they haven't trailed much of the season but like they give up huge leads so what do you think about the Baltimore Ravens adding Roquan Smith to, to a struggling defense because the Ravens are known for their defense, and I think we can all confidently say that there's no defense going on in Baltimore. Yeah, no, like I said on the short, which you guys should go watch on TikTok, um, I said that they're struggling. They have so many good players on their team that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to be struggling. Um, like, like you mentioned, they keep choking away these games late. And I think... I honestly think that the addition of uh, sorry, I think that addition of Rokon Smith is pretty huge for them because he is a tackle leader. I think just having a guy like that out there, especially in the clutch situations, which where you need to stop, which they get themselves into a lot of the times, he's going to be a go-to guy. Um, I, I think that the defense will rally around him as well. But I mean, it does sort of make sense why they're struggling because. Lamar Jackson, he, he's he's good, but he can't do it all like Mahomes. He's not like Mahomes where he can have anybody out there, a wide receiver, and do extremely well. Like, obviously, he has Mark Andrews. But when you look at the receivers, there's not any huge names out there. And running backs, too. Like, their running back core is not that great either. Yeah. So I think that's what really struggles, them, struggles for them on offense. Yeah, like, they're another team that could go after Brandon Cooks if he's released. They're certainly going after OBJ. But you see the Ravens perennially trying to get a receiver. We never hear about the Packers trying to get a receiver. It's always minimal effort. Like, Stokes has been really good on the Packers, but many felt that first-round pick should have been traded up to get a guy like Justin Jefferson. And I feel like if Justin Jefferson was on the Packers, things would a lot be a lot different right now. So, I mean, I agree with all your points, but, like, Marcus Williams, who they got from the Saints, that didn't work out against Miami before he got hurt. Like, we all know what happened to the Ravens against the Dolphins. Like, choking a 21-point lead in one quarter is kind of nuts. Like, you don't hear about that often. And the Ravens adding... Pro Bowler and Roquan Smith, people say he's not good anymore. Like, there's so many doubts. Like, people are even questioning McCaffrey's health. Like, McCaffrey's played every game this season. 
Like when guys like McCaffrey, Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, when they're motivated to win, they're going to do anything they can to be on the field. But I mean, that's it for the trade deadline recap. If you want other thoughts on trades, tune in to the shorts and on TikTok, like Evan said. If you want to hear us talk about more trades, but in the middle of all these NFL trades, we've got Steve Nash being fired from the Brooklyn Nets. What is your reaction to that? Well, at first, I was honestly shocked, but like when I sat down to think about it, I realized that honestly, he wasn't really shocking at all. I mean, obviously, we know that their record is pretty poor. There's two and five on the season, and, you know, obviously we had that whole Katie situation in the offseason where he was like, oh, either trade me or fire Steve Nash, but neither of those ended up happening. But I think that the Nets finally realized, yeah, no, this is not working out. We need to get rid of Steve Nash. But I think it's interesting that they're going to hire Ime Odoka. I mean, you already have so much drama. Why would you want to add even more drama to that team, honestly? I agree, and I mean, you said two and five. The Nets are two and six. Like, I just pulled up the standing on my phone. No, it's fine. Like, two and six, they're... I mean, like, to be fair, the Warriors are three and five, so you've got these teams just struggling, right? Yeah, the Warriors are three and five. The Lakers are one and five. There's a lot of, like... Like, again, people like to overreact and like we'll talk about like teams struggling in a second here but like like the Bucks and Cavaliers are doing well they're certainly going to be a top team in the NBA but like teams like the Jazz aren't they're just not going to be there it's an 82 game season and like people I know like as fans they get annoyed when their teams aren't performing and like it's still early in the season so everyone has to calm down about that but like it's similar to the Frank Vogel situation with the Lakers he was scapegoated Russell Westbrook's being scapegoated yes Westbrook may have fallen off like he may have but he's not the only problem on the Lakers the Lakers need shooters like they generally do and Evan do you want to Tell the viewers what you said before we started recording because, I mean, it's a very interesting point. You know, I was just thinking earlier that what if the Lakers honestly blew things up? I I think it actually could be beneficial for them considering they don't have many draft picks for a while. Yeah, and, like, honestly, it's going to be weird to see LeBron mentioned in a trade, Anthony Davis mentioned in a trade. Westbrook certainly should be traded. Like, just pull the trigger. Westbrook and, I mean, just exhaust your picks to get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Re-sign them, whatever their contract situation is. Because, like, at this point, Kyrie is going to be a Laker. We don't know what's going to happen with Draymond. So, at this point, like, it's similar to, like, the Packers situation where just get a receiver for Rodgers and you're in Super Bowl contention. I'm not saying if you get shooters for the Lakers, they're immediate title contenders, but at this rate, the Lakers might actually miss the play-in. They might not even make the play-in. And I know I said not to overreact, but, I mean, everyone can tell their shooting needs to get better. If you're relying on Patrick Beverly to make a three, that's how you know your team has no shooting. 
I'm not saying Beverly can't shoot. It's just he's more known for defending. Like, the Lakers' defense is one of the best in the league, actually. But it's their offense that's lagging behind to start the season. And that's for the Brooklyn Nets, man. When you have superstars like Durant and Irving, their ego certainly clash. Like, I feel like the you could tell problems are going to start when Kyrie and KD were on the podcast and were like, I don't see us having a coach. Like, everyone needs a coach. Like, that's such, I feel like, an ignorant response. And then I have the whole Kyrie Irving Twitter situation, but... Evan, who do you think the new head coaches should be for the Nets? Because, I mean, Udoka was mentioned, but it seems like it's not nothing's official yet. Honestly, I'm not really sure. Uh, but I just think that they should honestly stop with this whole like former, former player situation. I, I don't think any of the former players that are willing to be coaches right now, I don't think any of them are that well fit at the moment. Um, honestly, I think you just got to get some, some, some guy with a good experience. Like, I feel like even a Mark Jackson might be decent, but I'm not sure if he wants to be a coach anymore at this point. Yeah, I think, like, he was on an interview with Shannon Sharp on his podcast, and, like, Mark Jackson, people are like, that ship sailed. Like, has it really? Like, people forget, like, Steve Kerr may have sort of, like, taken the dynasty to a whole new level. Mark Jackson recognized the potential in Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. Don't forget people's reaction to Monte Ellis being traded. Like, if that was Stephen Curry, imagine how different the NBA would have been. Mark Jackson said they're... Mark Jackson said that they're the best shooting backcourt. They're the best backcourt in NBA history before they started sort of started to explode. And people laughed at him. And now look at how smart Mark Jackson looks now. And Mark Jackson can control a lot of egos. And the Nets certainly have that in their team. And like even with this Udoka hiring, like it may not be against team policies for Brooklyn per se. But like we all know what has happened now. And you're hiring a controversial coach. I saw this tweet on Twitter, I forget who tweeted it, but you're hiring a controversial coach to coach controversial players. Like, we saw what happened with Kyrie. Like, we know Kevin Durant, and now you're hiring Yudoka. I don't know how that's going to work. Like, Mark Jackson, like, he will be the clear leader on that team. Quinn Snyder is certainly someone who knows how to control ego. So, I feel like Quinn Snyder and... Mark Jackson would be better for Udoka because it's just, you don't, like, the Nets are in headlines, it almost seems, every week for the wrong reason, it seems like. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Brooklyn Nets now, and it's not a knock on Steve Nash. Like, Steve Kerr was a first-time head coach when he got the Warriors job, and I feel like when he got hired in the 2014 offseason, the expectations weren't championship for the Warriors. You're putting an inexperienced coach in a championship situation, and I feel like that's where the Nets failed. Because Steve Kerr was an inexperienced coach, but he was going to coach an up-and-coming team. And then the chemistry followed along. Steve Kerr was a clear leader on that team. 
chemistry followed along, and now we know who the Warriors are, obviously. But let's see. I feel like Mark Jackson, so many people still doubt him, but I, f- I feel like he's going to submerge those egos, and chemistry will follow in Brooklyn if Mark Jackson. I've always felt like, wait, even if people have no faith in Mark Jackson, when he left the Warriors, I certainly believe that he should have had at least one head coaching job by now. Seriously, but I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, he might not walk into that situation, which is understandable, but he is the perfect coach to submerge all those egos, tell them what's at stake. They are a championship team, and Mark Jackson will show that to their players. They'll recognize that, and I feel like they'll buy into Mark Jackson's system. And so, like, what do you think the Nets would should do from here? Because it's not looking good right now. You know, honestly, I just think it's going to take time at this point. I think you got to find the right coach, which, like you said, is Mark Jackson's seemingly perfect fit. And I think that things can honestly gel together. I, I, I mean, they have enough talent on that team to be very good. I think the pieces on paper, they fit well together. It's just a matter of if they, if they can put it together on the court, which has been an issue so far. But I think when you do put it together on the court, and once Ben Simmons is back to his normal form, which he hasn't looked so far this season, I think things will actually be really, really good for them. I agree. And, I mean, that will end episode 61 of Everything Sports with Amon and Evan. Make sure you tune in to our shorts so you still don't miss any of our content. Don't forget about joining the Discord. Again, a shorts will be put out about the Discord server. But thanks for tuning in to this week's episode.